Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everybody, <laughs> it's me, Santa Claus, and you're saying, wait a minute, why the hell is Santa Claus hosting a review show about wrestling? Well, you should have watched Raw Ups and Downs, shouldn't you? In fact, Santa Claus is sick and tired of people going in the comments at being mother. <laughs> Let's just move Santa off to one side. He's very stressed. You know, he's been delivering all the presents. Hello, my name is Simon Watt Culture. Thank you very much for joining me as always. And that's right. We just had the last AEW Dynamite of 2022. So I thought I'd take my finger and sometimes point to the ceiling and sometimes point to the floor. And yes, that is very strange. Let's up those tabs. Hot damn dynamite started like fire. Whatever that means. Because it was Brian Danielson versus Ethan Page with MGF in the crowd. And he got on a microphone and said, oh, hello, Danielson. Or actually, he called him Brain Damaged Brian. Now, look, given the amount of stuff that Maxwell Jacob Friedman has said over 2022, you wouldn't think I'd be surprised. I'd still face palm and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Otherwise, though, pfft. now, look, first and foremost, Ethan Page is a far better wrestler than people give him credit for. He is so damn good and he has all the talent. But given the last 12 months of Brian Danielson, we just have to take our hands and clap them together like a seal. Because basically, here's what happens. If you get put in a match with the American Dragon, around about 10 to 15 minutes later, you probably just have one of your best matches ever. Danielson also just shrugged off what MJF had done and he just took over of Ethan, especially because he was focusing on joint manipulation and basically trying to rip his limbs off. This is why he's such an interesting cat as well. He is so damn aggressive in the ring, and yet all of us are like, yeah, do it. He also tried to tie Paige up like a pretzel at one point, which you don't want to do because elephants like pretzels, and the elephant may come in and eat you. What the hell are we talking about? When he even focused on Ethan's Achilles. And even the commentators were like, ha ha, he's focusing on the Achilles. I was like, when was the last time somebody focused on the Achilles? Page was able to fight back a little bit and even went for a superplex at one stage. I was like, come on, Eve, this is way too early. And once again, Brian just whooped his ass. Like, even when Stokely Hathaway was trying to cause distraction and Ethan Page was able to get on the front foot, when they got back in the ring, it was Danielson again. What really worked is when Stokes tried distraction number two when they were on the outside for about the 72nd time. And this time, Ethan grabbed him and just threw him into the floor and threw him into Simba the Steel Steps. But then when he went to do a suplex, Danielson floated over and he hit a German version of his own. 
that is good. So I thought this was tremendous booking when you actually broke it down because who in 2023 is going after the AEW World Championship? It's Brian Danielson. And he looked like such a machine here. All of a sudden I start to go with my nerd brain. Well, maybe he's about to beat MJF. My Thunderbird. Obviously, Stokely Hathaway kept doing his thing. And I do want to point out when Ethan Page was on the offensive, he just looked so damn powerful. And I love that guy. But eventually, he went for the ego's edge. This was the worst thing he could have done. Because Brian was like, I've been watching your tapes. I know what to do. He applied the label lock. Ethan Page got to the ropes where Danielson was like, all right, fine. He put on the regal stretch of all things. Actually, no. Ethan Page didn't tap out. So now I'm just clapping my hands and doing a dance. He passed out. If you can't breathe, you're gonna die. I should also point out a couple of things during this. One, the commentators did keep going. Oh my gosh, look at Brian Danielson. He's all wibbly wobbly on his legs because he's taken so many shots to the head. So I was like, me thinks me knows how Maxwell's gonna beat him. But of course, I'm not 100% sure. I also want to give a shout out to the avalanche slam that Ethan Page gave Danielson at one point. I mean, that thing was so terrific. When Brian kicked out of two, I was a bit like, Shouldn't that be some kind of finishing maneuver? Danielson also stared down MJF after this. And as we know in wrestling, when you do do that, it means the feud's about to get serious. But massive props to Brian Danielson, who has had one hell of a year. But also, let's continue to push Ethan Page. This guy's got it. You just got to give him some time and you just got to give him the spotlight. Giving it up. And if you can believe it, there's a golden up too. We had a sign. Now, this really did feel fitting because it was the last Dynamite of 2022 because throughout the year, you lovely people have brought signs to wrestling shows that have messages for me. Now, I know I say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again. It truly blows my brain because I don't know how we got here, but it also makes me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Thank you all rock. This particular cardboard also asked for a golden up as well, which I'm more than happy to do. Ta-da! Not just for this, but like I say, for every single one that you have brought, it makes all of this ten times more fun. Thank you very much. It was straight to the back after this, following a video promoting the fact that our main event this evening is going to be Samoa Joe versus Wardlow for the TNT title, where Rennie Paquette was like, hey, Wardlow, do you know that Samoa Joe has had some powerful words for you recently? What do you think about this? Wardlow's response was that he doesn't care about powerful words because he's more about powerful actions. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? All of a sudden, Samoa Joe ran in with a steel pipe and he conked Wardlow right on the knee. And I was like, well, that can't be good at all. Of course, this added an extra wrinkle to our match that we were going to get in around about an hour or so. And I tell you, you're not going to believe it. But honestly, throughout the entirety of Dynamite, everyone kept going, oh my gosh, Wardlow versus Samoa Joe is the main event. Do you know soon we're going to have Wardlow versus Samoa Joe in the main event? Oh my gosh, that TNT title is so important. And we had an angle here. So by the time we did get to this flipping main event, I was losing my mind. And sometimes that's a criticism people have thrown at All Elite Wrestling. But it's almost like they are changing, which is very exciting. Giving it up. We also saw Rene with the Dark Order and Hangman Adam Page, who was super frustrated because you can't say the name John Moxley around him anymore. If you do, the cowboy will go absolutely crazy. He was being told by the doctors as well, look, if you stop being an absolute goober and you just give it two weeks, I will clear you so you can have a proper match with John. But if you keep running into him and having brawls, maybe you'll be done for good. So essentially, the hangman now has to control his temper and control his rage. 
Listen to the last few things we've talked about. Do you know there are still people out there that go, AEW doesn't have any stories. This dynamite was just filled with them. It's like we were swimming through narrative and going, oh my gosh, there's so many words in my face. <laughs> Whatever that means, pointless, I'm giving it up. And talking to John Moxley, he was then out here alongside Claudio Castagnoli to take on Top Flight, given everything that happened on Rampage. This was brilliant too. But obviously, Don Tandaris had got the better of the Batball Combat Club in that Burger King Trios Battle Royal that we had. And here they tried to carry it on. But Claudio was like, nope, I'm really powerful. I'm going to throw you around. Whereas Moxley was like, I am totally insane. And I'm going to try and cut you open with my elbow. So anytime the Martins tried any kind of agile attack, they were just being hurled into Barry Barricade. And I actually watched this and said, I tell you, it's like a flippy floppy massacre. Darius took the brunt of this as well, especially when Mox kind of looked at himself in the mirror and thought, I know what I can do. I can take the top of my head. I can just ram it into this guy's chin. I was just laughing in the worst possible way because Sean Moxley is just... Well, he's totally crazy. Darius hated this because you would do it, so eventually he got the hot tag to Dante Martin. And I tell you, this guy has totally gotten it down. He was just flying around the place doing a bunch of moonsaults when very sadly it went bad. Because he all of a sudden decided, well, I know what I can do. I can trade strikes with John Moxley. And this went terrible. This is like me entering a contest for best haircut. You ain't gonna do it. However, there was a twist in this tale because during this, Darius must have taken a phoenix down because he then joined his brother, and for a good old while, they kicked John Moxley's ass. And I was like, man, we need to understand how big this is. Mox is a former world champion, and our top flight have reunited, and they got the up on it. So I really do hope that they can stay healthy and have an awesome 2023, because it's all there. And of course, this led to another hot tag from Claudio, who may very well have the best hot tag in the business. And he hit so many uppercuts, you just know when he got backstage, Sagat rang him up and was like, excuse me, stop stealing my move. He also had this wonderful bit where he was about to do the big swing on Dante when Darius tried to stop it, so he got big swung instead. When Dante decided, well, I know how I can stop this. I know how I can distract you. I am just going to jump over my bro on every occasion. And eventually, Claudia was like, you're ruining this. You're ruining it for me. You're ruining it for my friend. You're ruining it for my family. So we stopped. It was a really bad idea because this is when Castignoli started throwing them around like they were nothing again. When John Moxley was back in two and he hit the final blow, so all four guys were down. And if you listen very closely, you could hear the fans saying, this is awesome, because it was. It was then pure wrestling tennis because it was you hit a move, I hit a move, you hit a move, I hit a move. But the absolute best one is when Claudio rolled through to the neutralizer, but somehow Darius kicked out. Even I was like, ooh, delighted. We then built to our big finish because Dante did get paradigm shifted onto the floor. So he was out of this and back in the ring, even though Darius was trying his mightiest and he did do this one last swing. It didn't work. And Claudio just went bam and smashed him with a super uppercut. Down he went. One, two, three. But everybody was victorious here. But like I say, when we do get to the next year, all four dudes should continue to fly. So this really was like the most beat-em-up match you've ever seen, and I will take way more of those, giving it up. Whenever Kate was then absolutely earning her pay because she was in the back again, and this time she was talking to the best friends, as well as Kip Saban and Penelope Ford. Now the focus here is on Kip and Orange Cassidy because they're feuding at the moment, and as Sabian pointed out, well, wait a minute, who threw you out of the Burger King Battle Royal, Mr. All-Atlantic Champion? It was me, Kip Sabian, and therefore I now deserve an All-Atlantic Championship title shot. That's a bit like, yeah, that makes perfect sense when Trent was like, all right, cool. Well, if we're using that logic, I threw you out of the Burger King Battle Royal, Kip. 
So now I deserve the championship match instead. This is when the piece of fruit was like, yeah, all right, you know, I'm happy to go with what does make sense. Trent, you got the shot. Sorry, Sabian, you got away. I liked all of this, though, because we are focusing on the AEW originals again, which is always going to make me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. But also, Kip, when he was cutting his promo here, he's just got this really weird but interesting interview technique where you just want to listen. And I always appreciate when people try and do something different. And once again, I'm very intrigued what the next 12 months do hold... I think big things may be in store. Give it up. We then continued the rise of Hook on Dynamite because he was taking another guy that sounded like he was a Transformer. I think his name was Balaam Lynx. Oh, I'm sorry. That is absolutely tremendous. What is my name? Simon Miller. What an absolute job. Obviously, this was done so Hook could squash him as he did with the red rum. It couldn't have gone more than 35 seconds. But it also tied into the feud we've been building for a while. Because out came Soakley Hathaway, out came Lee Moriarty, and out came Big Bill. Now, these guys have been messing with Jungle Boy, who is now the best friend of Hook. And the main reason we did this, I think, is so that we could put Bill in the ring next to Hook and the visual here. I mean, it was like Hook was staring up at a building. I don't think we appreciate just how big Big Bill is. It almost looked like Hook was going to suplex him at one point. The crowd was like, oh my gosh. But instead, Bill was like, no. And he went to give him the choke slam when who came to the ring to not only beat up the rest of the firm, but make the same. It was Jungle Boy. He even had a flipping two by four. So once again, if you'd gone quiet, you would have just heard, oh. And he smacked Big Bill right in the back. And of course, now we have plotted the scenes. We have laid the structures to do this tag team match. I realise that I'm repeating myself now, but once again, we are focusing on new guys. And that does make me feel good in my tootsie toes, because it just feels fresh. So I'm never going to get mad at that, and you shouldn't get mad about that either, because it's just pro wrestling. Doesn't really matter. Give it a that. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We had a quick Chris Jericho promo after this, as it was documented. <laughs> Look, there goes Jericho walking down the halls, 
And his recent record is lost, 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 lost. The wizard totally admitted this too, but he was like, look what I did seven days ago. I set Action Andretti on fire, so now he's been burned. And in a week's time, I'm also gonna beat Ricky Starks. When I do that, the Ocho will be back on top. It's also yet more really smart storytelling, because when you do look at both Chris Jericho and Ricky Starks, well, you could make the argument that they both need to win. So now when I do sit down and watch it, I'm just going to be spinning around like an absolute moron. And that's what I want to be happening when I'm watching wrestling. Spinning around like an absolute moron. It's not good for my equilibrium, but hey-ho, what are you going to do? Giving it up. And then Renee Paquette was back. Somebody needs to give her a raise. Because he was talking to Swerve Strickland and his new group. As Swerve was like, look, we all know Parker Bordeaux. He's been hanging around for a little while. And as for this other new guy, well, I'll get to him in due course. I was like, man, I really would like to know now. Renee also told him that what they did to Keith Lee last week was absolutely disgusting. And it was when Wheeler Utah people turned up. And clearly he's the king of morals. Because he was like, uh, yeah, look, I think that you are an absolutely horrible person. And now, I want to take you on Rampage. So I do think that will be a good match, but I also think we need to wait and see with this, because I'm not 100% sold on Swerve Strickland's new group, but I will always be sold on Swerve himself, and I totally believe if you give him enough freeway, he will be able to make something click. So I am intrigued, and I also like to be a positive peak, so we do have to give it some time and be patient. So I take the finger of power, and I give it up. I put on my goggles and wait. Our best of seven series was then ready to return. And of course, we're up to round six. And flub me sideways. Because as ever, it was the Death Triangle versus the Elite. But this time, to make things different, it was a Fool's Count Anyway match. And it actually started with them brawling in the back. Like they were walking to the ring and they saw each other. They realized, wait a minute, wait a minute. We can pin you anywhere. So they just started to fight. This was totally crazy before they even got to the ring too because they were using wooden pallets, they were jumping off platforms, everybody was going through tables. Pack especially was just like, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you, the elite. I mean, some of the things he did here, the dude is unhinged. After Penta had been murked, eventually they did all get to the entranceway where Phoenix was stood on top of the damn tunnel and he jumped off and he took everybody out. Now, I know that we have seen things like this before, but sometimes you just gotta take a step back and respect it, and also go, you are lose. Clearly, Kenny had avoided this, because then we got this awesome shot of Phoenix being like, ah, oh, I did it, when he came running out of the entrance tunnel, and he just hit Phoenix with this awesome V-trigger. And if that wasn't good enough, Matt Jackson then started grabbing people, and he was doing Northern Light suplexes down the ring ramp, whatever the hell you want to call it. And all of this happened in around about eight seconds. I didn't know what to do. I swear Penta even used a fan's crutch at one point, which is a perfectly normal thing to do. And then from nowhere, Kenny Omega just had a trash can over his head. Because why not? He also had running destroyers, frog splashes, smack dragons. And when eventually Pac had the garbage can over his head, Omega ran in with another V-trigger. And that's when I just got my tush and made it comfy because I was like, here we go. There was also an awesome near fall after the Meltzer driver. And poor Pac went for a shooting star press and his face went right into a chair. So he had been Nicolas Cage. And the finish. Oh my gosh, we got to talk about the finish. And I know that we've kind of zoomed through this a little bit, but it's one of those matches where there is no point in me standing here and documenting it to you because I can't do it justice. You have to go and find your television remote and you need to watch it. But seriously, even though the bastard had been wrecked about this whole thing, eventually he did find Matt Jackson. He was like, ha ha, I know what I can do. I can lock on the Brutalizer and finally I will win this entire series. But at the same time, we went to picture and picture. And because it is Fool's Count Anywhere, 
Phoenix and Omega were going at it, when Kenny Omega got the masked man in the one-wing angel position, he jumped off a platform and he did it through a table. And just as the ref went, one, two, three, meaning the Elite had won, Matt Jackson tapped out. Pac thought, oh, I can't believe I've done it. But he was incorrect. So we basically did a photo finish here. When Pac did realize this, he was like, no, it's not fair. And given that the whole thing has tied into real sports, the fact that we took a page out of that book, once again, I'm giving it the seal clap. It also ties the series up three to three, which means we're getting the final one in a couple of weeks. And given what they've done so far, I'm a little bit nervous. It could be one of the best matches of the year. We only gonna be in January. So these six are just absolutely tremendous professional wrestlers. And I mean this, I truly, truly appreciate them because they bring so much joy into my life and I am giving them up. You absolutely have to see this as you do the acclaimed rap. This may have been one of the best 180s in professional wrestling in ages because we went from a truly insane match to a goofy yet fantastic bunch of words. And once again, there's no point me regaling you with all the lines because I won't do it justice. So instead I decided, oh, why don't I just drop my own bars instead? That's right. Because Max Kastner is good with words. When he drops those, he wants to be heard. He took shots at Jay and Lethal. Nothing rhymes with that, so I'm gonna say methyl. Trust me, if you want your jaw to drop, you have to listen to the end of this bop. Because Max brought up Karen and said Jeff Stoll's Kurt wife. And that scared the ship out of me. And I feared for my life. That's terrible. <laughs> worst thing I've ever done, but I was totally inspired by this. And once again, the acclaimed just get a bat and the ball and go kapow, and they hit a home run. So damn entertaining. Uh, and somebody else that could fit into that bracket is absolutely Willow Nightingale, and she was teaming up with Ruby Soho next to take on Ty Mello and Anna JAS. Now this did make me a little bit sad, because quite clearly, even when they were making their entrance, Ruby doesn't particularly like Willow, even though she was just trying to spread positivity and joy. I think this is why I relate to Nightingale. It's like my videos. <laughs> I try and do the same, and then you go on the internet and someone says, Simon, you bored a-hole. It was also kind of clear that Anna and Ty needed the win here because they never get the win, but I'm never gonna have a problem with that because we've discussed it before. If I sit down to watch a romantic comedy, I don't expect the male lead halfway through the movie to see the female lead and rip her head off and it turn into a horror film. I mean, somebody should try that, but it would also make them crazy. So the whole point was that Nightingale and Ruby weren't entirely on the same page, to the point at one point, Soho blind tagged herself in, and Will was like, well, what did you do that for? I was having a pretty good time. Nightingale did get back in there eventually when they finally did get on the same page, but you know what bad guys do in this situation. Every time she tried to get the tag to Ruby, they just dragged her off their apron. And I was like, man, it's a good thing she did fall off that thing. I believe it's the hardest part of the ring. And of course, why did we do this? So eventually Ruby Soho could get the hot tag and she went after Ty Mello because she wants the ultimate revenge after her nose was broken and she hit the new future. No future, that was gibberish, but she only got a two. This is when Willow all of a sudden went, oh, my energy is back and she took out Anna JS. But this is when Ty Mello was like, no, I don't appreciate any of this. And she smashed with a pump kick and all four ladies were down. Was pretty good. It also meant Jay started to panic because she went to get a steel chair and the ref was like, you know you can't use that. Why are you wasting my time? But actually it was a ruse because it meant the referee was distracted and this is when Ty had a chair. She threw it to Ruby Soho who foolishly caught the thing as Mello gave her the big kick 
and it took Ruby out, and don't forget, that's how she broke her nose to begin with. It also meant that Melo was able to hit the tie KO, and they did get the victory. And look, I admit it, Ruby looked pretty silly here because she did catch that chair, but I'd be the same. You could throw anything at me, and I'd be anything. And because I'm a gooba, I'd go, and I'd catch it. Even if it was something disgusting, it would only be in that second. I'd be like, oh, I don't want to touch it. I am really enjoying this feud, though, and I like the fact that it has little beats to it, in the sense that you'd have to assume at one point, Willow, Nightingale, and Ruby Soho may fall out. And what the flub happens then? Do we turn Ruby heel? That seems crazy, but I like the fact we get to discuss it. Up. Lexi Nair then found the guns leaving the building and was like, uh, why are you leaving? And I'm like, I'll tell you why. Because we beat FTR last week, and next week, we're going to talk about it. Now, I'm not going to give this an up or down because it was so short, but actually, once again, it was quite intelligent because you just needed to get Austin and Colton on the show so they can keep this momentum going. And as they did say, they've just had their best year ever, which is true. So let's get to next week's Dynamite. Let's keep it up. Because sometimes it is all about the small things. That's what Blink-182 was singing about. And it was exactly the same when finally we cut to Ricky Starks. And this was far more substantial because he talked about Action Andretti and how he is doing better, but also how next week on Dynamite, he is indeed taking on Chris Jericho and make no two mistakes about it, he's gonna win. He also fired shots at the Wizard by saying that Jericho doesn't like anybody who can think for himself, which is why he fears Ricky. And honestly, all you gotta do is give Rick a microphone, let him talk for a few minutes, He's going to get you going. Surely 2023 is also going to be his year, and I've changed my prediction for the whole MJF title frame. I would build back up to him versus Starks, and I'd give it to Rick. But we shall wait and see, giving it up. Which means we then got to our main event. Holy smokes. It was a bit weird at first, because Samoa Joe came to the ring, and then Wardlow's music started to play, but he didn't arrive. And this is why I remembered, oh no, it's because his leg is injured. <gasps> what if he doesn't turn up? Samoa absolutely thought this was the case, so he grabbed the microphone and was all like, Denver, you guys suck. But actually, I'm going to take umbrage with that, because Denver didn't suck at all. In fact, this crowd was so good, they turned what was already a superb show into a super brilliant one. And I'm going to give them an up. It's so damn important. Eventually, Ward did make his way to the ring, but man, he was limping. Of course, Samoa Joe is a big video game fan, so he could almost see this limb flashing red, and he did go after it. Although, at first, Ward was able to give him the spine buster and beat the shib out of him. <laughs> Samoa Joe was like, ha, ha, you can't do nothing, fool. And he went after the knee. I mean, it got so bad, even doctors ran out, and they're like, no, Mr. Lowe, you can't continue. But he basically flicked them away. But every time he went after Samoa Joe, even if he was able to get a shot in here and there, Joe would just throw him back to the floor because he was a one-armed man. One-legged man. I mean, even when he did a leg sweep, it was like, holy crap, he did a leg sweep. And eventually, Wardlow's walking device just wasn't working anymore. And I was like, well, he's done. This is why it was doubly awesome when he was just flinging around the place and doing that stuff off the top rope. And I don't know how he does it, but it even better when he finally hit the powerbomb. I was like, oh, he did it. And then when he went for a second one, you already know, but we have to take the pose. He crumpled on the floor because his body had taken too much. Smojo's brain clearly straight away went kill him because he went straight after Wardlow. He locked in the rear naked choke. And of course, Wardlow had no choice. We've already talked about it. We'll talk about it again. If you can't breathe, you're gonna die. So he passed out. And somewhat surprisingly, at least for me, Samoa Joe is still your TNT champion. Ha! Huh. Then got even better or even worse, depending on your stance. Because when Wardlow did get back to his feet, Samoa Joe took him out with a TNT title when he went and found a toolbox. Now, I was very scared about this because I started going, oh no, Hell in a Cell 2019, Hell in a Cell 2019, which I never want to remember. But instead, 
He got out a pair of scissors and he was going to cut Wardlow's man bun off. Even for me, I was terrified. The thing is, he did do this. He snipped it right off and made my voice go all squeaky. And then he took the TNT belt and he took the locks of hair and he stood there with it aloft. I was like, man, we are not in Kansas anymore, Toto. This is when Darby Allen ran out and he smacked Samojo in the back with a skateboard. And I was like, where the hell have you been, Darby? If you had come out five seconds earlier, we wouldn't have cut off Wardlow's magnificent hair. So there's no two ways about it. I sat down and thought about it and clearly Darby Allen hated the hair too. And he was glad this happened. It did, however, mean the last Dynamite of 2022 had Darby Allen closing the show with the TNT title in the air. So this is what we should do. We should redo Samojo versus Darby Allen. Darby Allen should get his belt back and given that we just gave Wardlow a haircut, he should hit reset, he should come back with a new look, he should come back with a new character, and screw the TNT title, let him go for the big one. And look, it is a shame he lost some of his momentum halfway through the year, but that happens. He hasn't lost his talent, he hasn't lost his skill, he hasn't lost his rapport with the fans, we just have to come up with a new pathway. And I thought this achieved all of that and reminded you... But Samoa Joe is one of the best ever. So all of this worked for me and I thought it was great stuff that just opened the door for so much potential. And I am giving it up. Which indeed did bring us to the end of AEW Dynamite. You may be going, Simon, you've been very kind about this show, but you didn't give one golden up apart from the sign. Well, that's why I was leaving it to the end. I thought this was so damn good. And I had such a good time that when we get to our overall rating, it doesn't just get an up, it gets the golden up. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.